Well, that is not exactly what the Bruins had envisioned, nor did I see this coming. UCLA falling last night, 84-66 to against Arizona State on the road in Tempe. And before we decipher everything that happened in this game, let's welcome you into the show. This is Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley, your host. I'm also a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio, a co-host for the Bruin Insider Show, which is on the radio in L.A. on Tuesdays. You're more than welcome to rate this show, but even more importantly is to subscribe to the show. Wherever you digest your podcasts, make this your home base for everything Bruin Athletics. If you feel like you want to channel your frustrations, release some of that Bruin fandom angst after this game. You can reach out to me via email, lockedonbruins at gmail.com, or via Twitter at Brian Fenley. I always appreciate your comments, and your interaction. So how I want to segment this show, going to look at what were the game changers that enabled Arizona State to win. Also, who were the difference makers in this one? Plus, we'll look at what Mick Cronin said, some of his comments in the postgame press conference, revealing things that he felt translated to the UCLA loss. And then the final part of this show, I want to problem solve, go back in time, and if we could do things over again in this game, what would we do different? And certainly that should let your creative juices flow here. And if you have any comments on that, what you would have done differently, if I didn't bring up something that you thought could have happened or should have happened, again, email me or shoot me a note on Twitter. And I do want to begin with the game changers in this one. And the lack of game changers was a story early on for UCLA because we found out at the start of the game that the Bruins were not going to be playing with their star starting big in Jalen Hill. It was noted, and Mick Cronin mentioned this, that Hill, during the last play of the last practice heading into this game, that Hill had tweaked his right knee. And according to Coach Cronin, it's day-to-day, so take that for what it's worth. Perhaps Cronin, if I'm speculating here, is looking long-term picture, but not having Hill in this particular game was a tremendous blow. I think that was the reason we lost this game. Now, you're going to look at the stats and say, Brian, what are you talking about? But let me explain my point here. For one, so the offense was beginning to find its form for Jalen Hill. The lack of offense without him out there was very apparent. And because Hill was not able to play, that was forcing Alex Olashinsky to get out there more. Now, Alex is a great human being. I've had a chance to interview him, get to know him at UCLA. But even he knows that the team is not relying on him to score double figures or knock down a bunch of shots. There was one shot he did take. You, you probably saw this. It was a contested three in the corner, and he airballed it. So there were some nice things that Alex did, I will say, on the defensive end up against Romello White, who was just such a physical specimen in this game absolutely dominating in the paint for Arizona State. That was something that the Bruins had a tough night trying to minimize his effectiveness. 
But there are a couple different things that led to the Bruins' lack of offensive creation. And you're going to look at the three-point makes from Arizona State and say, yeah, that's, that's a big reason why the Bruins lost. And, and I'm not going to disagree with you. But I think it goes beyond that. As far as on the Bruins' side, what they did not do offensively, I can't once again tell you what Jalen Hill does. Because Jalen Hill will suck in a lot of the attention in the key. That takes pressure off of guys like Chris Smith and others who had a little bit harder time trying to create with their own offense. They're not able to really get in a groove and find a rhythm without Hill on the floor. And that's just a simple post-touch, and then Hill backs it out. But he is the, the heartbeat of this offense. And players without him out there were having a hard time because defenses now were able to cheat off of a big dominating post presence like Hill and clamp down defensively. The couple eye-opening stats that Tracy Murray mentioned during the postgame radio broadcast after this one, he pointed out to two things that were alarming that he felt were, were key to the Bruins' loss. For one, it was the fast break points. 27 for Arizona State and 9 for UCLA. Now, you might recall, if you listened to the episode yesterday, that I pointed out in my keys to the game that the Bruins needed at least 15 fast break points. And that was the low bar because I thought, really, honestly, realistically, we needed more than that. Well, even if we got more than that, it would have taken a lot more to equate or equal what the Arizona State team did in transition. The other stat that was disheartening for UCLA fans to stomach was the bench points and the differential there with 35 for Arizona State, 17 for UCLA. It, it just seemed, watching this game, that like everything just kept going right for Arizona State. Like Here's a team that is supposed to be a bad three-point shooting team. They, there was a graphic during the broadcast where they, were, they had the lowest three-point field goal percentage in the conference. And they start out making eight of nine from three-point territory. I mean, I want to think that's a fluke. This immaculate beginning that these are things that, like, as Mick Cronin said, you could beat anybody if you shoot that well at the start. And it, it, I don't know if you want to call it bad luck or whatever, but to go eight of nine from three-point territory... I don't care who you're playing. That's going to be hard to, to weather through. And then, who was this Alonzo Verge Jr. kid? He had a game-high 26 points in 25 minutes, went 3 of 3 from downtown, and had 24 of his points of those 26 in the second half. You watch some of the shots that he took, and you're like, there is no way that goes in. A guarded fadeaway Jay. A, a shot off one foot. He was making shots that you joke around with your friends and do like with a hoop attached to the garage just to play around like 
one-footed fadeaways, like the stuff that coaches will despise you for, that's unless you make them. And he was, at some point, just having his way. Everything he was putting up was going in. So that was absolutely destructive to UCLA's opportunities because of what he was able to do. Mick Cronin pointed this out, and I'm with him on this. When you have a young team and you start watching a myriad of threes go down consistently, it, it's disheartening, and there is a toll that that takes on your psyche, on your morale. And part of how that contributed to, to the loss was, first of all, Arizona State would make a shot from downtown, and they'd keep making them, and the Bruins would sulk, and they would get pouty, and they would get down on themselves, and they would continue to, to get beat in transition. So they couldn't get their offense going, and then Arizona State keeps making shots. Bruins are slow getting back on defense, and then the threes continue to fall because the Bruins were slow getting back in transition. And Cody Riley, as good of a game as he had, and you have to commend him for getting the start and going for 16 points, had some boards in there, although he only had three rebounds, which is pretty low. And I think what I heard was that all three of them were on the offensive end. So the Bruins actually had the same amount of rebounds in this game as Arizona State, both with 36. But like we saw from Riley, there were times where he was settling on that 15-foot jump shot and it's just not a high, highly efficient shot for him. He had some nice post moves. And I will not forget the play that really kind of depicted the, the overall vibe of this game and how it was going and why it was going all in Arizona State's favor. Whenever, and this is basically emblematic of the game as a whole, there was a play in the second half when Tiger Campbell found Cody Riley for a nice dish and a slam dunk. It was a beautiful setup to the big man. And before you could count to two, Arizona State was rushing down the court, scoring in transition, getting a layup at the cup. I mean, that kind of stuff is unacceptable. The emotions, whether they were high or they're the lows, were basically, I think, the worst opponent for UCLA in this game. And as Mick Crone had noted, these are the moments that you hate to experience right now because they, they're hurtful and they're painful, but you have to experience this for a young team so that they know how to get through this stuff in the future when stuff like this happens again. Coming up next, Tiger Camel and what he did on the court plus more of what Mick Cronin said as far as his assessment of this game. Look, we're all looking at the loss, but I'm impressed very much by the play of Tiger Campbell in this game. You know, he's coming off that career high against Utah on Sunday. He knew that there weren't a lot of sources of offense in this game with the absence of Jalen Hill, and you could tell that 
Tiger Campbell took the initiative to really inject himself offensively, draw a lot of fouls, get to the bucket. He had 13 points along with five assists, and it was just not enough, right? It was not enough, and he said, look, I'm not trying to necessarily take over the game, but I just knew that we weren't generating offense, and if it wasn't going to be somebody else, then I got to do something. I got to do something. So beyond the the scoring of Tiger Campbell and the 16 points for Cody Riley, there was not a whole lot of offense in this game whatsoever. The Bruins did not shoot very well. And Mick Cronin said that when you have an opponent like Arizona State who shot it so well themselves, that it put UCLA in a position where they felt like the only way to win or to stay competitive in this game was to hit open shots. The Bruins had open shots. A lot of them just were not going down. You had good looks from Jaime Jaquez from three-point territory. Cody Riley had some post moves inside. He was not able to finish. Chris Smith had a glide to the goal where he made this really interesting Euro step move and could not get it to go. So, and the Bruins went seven of 25 from three point territory. So, the looks that they were getting, some of them were, were supposedly high percentage, just were not going down. And if you can't knock down open looks against a hot shooting team, McCronin said, you got no chance. So, that was that. And I, I certainly am very impressed with Tiger Campbell, just because he did everything he could to try to will his team to, to victory here, from trying to create his offense on the dribble to knocking down really tough shots, contested shots. And he also had five dimes, as I mentioned. Cody Riley, happy for him because his minutes had been decreasing, but he steps in and gets 16 points. Again, there were opportunities to score for him in the paint where he was not able to do so. Really a battle inside with Romella White, the physical specimen for Arizona State. He did a great job, and I just think that the Jalen Hill addition would have been, I can't say this enough, that with Jalen Hill in the game, that draws so much attention on a defense that that enables secondary players to to have better scoring outputs. Like Chris Smith takes pressure off of him, allows him to improvise and insert his personality in the offense, among others as well. But simply, when you, when you start going 8 of 9 from 3-point territory, there's not really a lot you can say other than hats off to you guys because that's not normal, and unfortunately, we were on the other side of that. The Bruins did get it to within one late in the second half, but then the three balls started falling again. The Bruins had gone on a 10-0 run in the first half, and, and then the second half... Right from the get-go, they hit a three. They kind of hang in within double digits, around 10 to 13 points. Still some malaise from Arizona State, but the Bruins were not able to capitalize. There was just not a consistent 
source of offense in this game. And the threes were not going down. They were not going down at a margin where you could give yourself any chance. So three-point shooting, Jalen Hill not playing, big, big storylines. Also, obviously, the bench scoring, the differential there. The fast break defense was going to nauseate Mick Cronin because so much of, of it, he said, was just guys getting down on themselves. And then what does that lead to? That leads to Arizona State getting down and getting an, a bucket in transition and just padding on to their lead. So looking back at this game, there are a couple things that I would have done differently. Easy for us to say, obviously, now that things have wrapped up. But I've got an interesting take here that I feel like really would have been a game changer and would have given UCLA a much better chance of winning this ballgame. All right, so it's easy for us after the game is finished to go back and say, well, McCronin should have done this, or what happens if we drew that play up? We would have won. Sure, it's fun to think about. It's not realistic. But now that we can look back outside of the heat of the moment of the game, there's one thing that's bothering me, and that is why is Jake Kyman only playing 15 minutes? The Bruins were outshot in this game. 14 made threes by Arizona State. The Bruins made only seven. Jake Kyman attempted only five of the 25 three balls in this game for UCLA. That is near criminal. That is not what I'm sure Mick Cronin, when he looks back, had in mind. Because the the precision from Jake Kyman was underutilized in this game. And you, you keep seeing Arizona State banging down threes. Well, you got to find somebody on the other end that can match that. And the best person on the floor, on the roster, that can do that is Jake Kyman. And the fact that he only plays 15 minutes, but when he's in, he goes three of six from the field. It's like, why isn't he playing more? Especially in a game like this. Especially when we know what he's capable of when it was just last month when he made seven threes against Washington. If he goes off like that in a game like this, who knows how that changes the momentum and maybe the, as Mick Cronin called it, demoralizing behavior from his team at the end, maybe that perks them up and all of a sudden they're engaged. They're playing stronger defense in the fast break and they're not letting prior mistakes affect them by loafing back on defense and then perpetrating the problem by giving up more points in the fast break. You can't really, I guess, quantify the impact that a couple more threes would have done to reinvigorate this team. But I'm telling you, it would have been a much different ball game if Jake Kyman got in earlier in the game. We waited way too long, in my opinion, to get him in the game. If he can get in earlier, because a lot of those threes from Arizona State came early, and you got to match them or put somebody out there on the court for you who can make those shots. That's what I'm thinking if I'm Mick Cronin. And I'm sure as he looks back and reviews the tape, he's thinking the same thing. 
The Bruins continue on the road, and they will visit Arizona this weekend. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Jalen Hill will be up to be playing. Mick Cronin said he'll know more today. I'm not sure if anything will come out publicly about Hill's status before tip-off, but I can't say it enough. We need this guy in this game against Arizona, and when we don't have him, it, it there's such a impact on multiple levels on our offense where we're just a shell or a fraction of ourselves. Hopefully, we can get Jalen Hill back. Hopefully, it's not something serious. And we will also, oh, don't want to forget this. The, the softball interviews, I'm moving to Monday. So those with Aliyah Jordan and Jackie Prober, you will hear those on Monday. Meant to say they were going to be today. But because we got all caught up and invested in this basketball game, we will postpone those interviews and bring them to you on this podcast on Monday along with reacting to the Arizona game. Hopefully, that's a win for the Bruins. So a ton of content for you on Monday. Hopefully, we weather through this weekend with a Bruin win. That would be nice. And whatever happens, you can always come back here and hear my take and how it all went down. Appreciate you all. Have a great weekend. I'm Brian Fenley.